I made sure that I put our new ding and buzzer on the soundboard so that we no longer – I don't get phone calls. Yeah, in the that was of probably smart. That was very <laughs> professional of you, Frank. <laughs> it's been – you know, I realize it's something that used to happen all the time but hasn't happened in a while now yeah. since we got the new soundboard. So we're all professional and ready to go. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So I'm going to give you five clues to see if you can guess this this native plant. You ready? Yep. All right. It is a deciduous understory tree mm-hmm. that we do not grow. Okay. It gets 40 to 60 foot tall in the wild. All right. And it's facultative upland to upland depending on the area. Mm-hmm. Are we going to count that as two? Uh, maybe. Um, it's native to New York from New York to Florida. Excluding New Jersey and Delaware. Okay. West that to, made it a lot and, harder for yeah, me already. West to Louisiana, north to Illinois, found mainly on rocky wooded slopes in the Appalachian Mountain Range. Mm-hmm. All right. That's three. Let me see what else I'm going to give you. We do not grow it. Yep. Oh, I did say that, right? You already said that. All right. One, yeah. That was actually – I combined those two. That should yeah. have been four. And the fifth clue is – it's waxy, lily-of-the-valley-like white flowers on slender, drooping, one-sided terminals. Terminal panicles are four to eight inches long. Oh, man. Uh, it's a tough one to guess, don't you think? Yeah, especially since it's something we don't grow, so I'm definitely not as familiar with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's some kind of rhododendron. Is it in but, the, that family? It, it I, is in that family. It is in the Ericaceae family. Yeah, uh, crap. I, Fran, I really don't know. All right. Then I got to give you the... It is Oxidendrum arboreum, which is sourwood tree. Okay. Do you, do you know that tree? <laughs> I've heard the common name. I have never heard the Latin name in my life. <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. All right, everyone. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And uh, today's native plant is Oxidendron arboreum, which is sourwood, and it's also called sorrel tree. And this is a, a good one because we usually – I try and ask you some questions about the, the yeah. tree that you prepped for us, but – this is one I really don't know anything about, so I've uh, I've got a lot of questions for you. You know, it's funny. I have previous experience with this one in the ornamental nursery trade, um, I, and I don't know of any varieties or cultivars, just straight species, but we don't deal with it here because it's out of our range. And mm-hmm. even though it says it's to New York, I don't know how I, – I have a feeling it's like southern New York. It goes through like PA, New York in – in mountainous ranges, yep. and that's kind yep. of it. Like that's why you don't see it here, but it does have it like close to the coast in Maryland hmm. and Virginia. So it's a, it's a very interesting range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you want to know? Where do you want to oh, start? Well, I guess the first question I could ask is uh, is about the name. It's called the sourwood. Is the wood actually sour? So it's <laughs> <laughs> it that when you chew the leaf, mm-hmm. there's an a very obvious sour taste. Um, Hence the name Sourwood. So okay. that's where it did get its name. Um, and because of the acidic taste, and that comes from oxalic acid, mm-hmm. 
uh, Cherokee Indians occasionally used it for cooking. They they would cook the leaves um, to add like a tangy flavor to food. It was it was it would change the flavor of the food almost like a spice almost. Um, That's so it's, pretty interesting because yeah. it's not something you think about from uh, in normal spices. I think or plant spices most people are familiar with. There's not many that give you that sour taste. None that I can think of. And no, I consider myself pretty up to date on the the spices that are out there. Now I have some more on all that, but I'm kind of keeping it for oh, the guessing okay, game at the you, end, so you, I don't want to get too far into that. So, but that's where it came from. But the name itself uh, comes from the Greek word oxus, meaning acid. And dendron meaning tree, and arboreum means tree-like or of mm-hmm. a tree. So it's it's basically acidic tree yeah. in a tree form. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so, which is very which makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So you mentioned a flower in our yes. our our first quiz. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that flower. So it's it's the tree is monoecious, um, and it it blooms from June to July. So it's more of a, a late spring, early summer bloom. Flowers are urn-shaped and have a slight fragrance. I don't know really how to categorize the fragrance, uh, but it's it's a close re- relative to Pieris, which is Japanese Andromeda w- that we talked about in a previous episode uh, with plants that are a good sub for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very similar flowers. So it's that one-sided terminal panicle with, with the urn-shaped flowers kind of hanging on it, white flowers. So it's like a nice – it, it's very attractive when it blooms, and because it's not a very tall tree, it's kind of like a scraggly, like a scrubby tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's it's very showy when it blooms. Um, in the wild, though, you know it's funny. It, in the wild, the tree has a poor poor form, and it's very scraggly and crooked branches and a regular crown. But in the nursery trade, in cultivation, you can actually get a straight leader mm-hmm. and, and get a very nice rounded crown out of it. So it it does cool. prune. You know, and it will stay smaller where it gets probably fifty to sixty feet in nature. Mm-hmm. It in cultivation when you're pruning it that way, it's probably only going to get about twenty five. So yeah. it's it's Which a is nice, a nice compact tree for uh, even I don't want to say a small small yard, but a medium sized yard. That's a nice tree to have. That's going to have nice blooms and and nice foliage. Actually, speaking of foliage, yes, what does the fall color look like? So it gets it like a brilliant crimson red fall color. So that the, the the leaves themselves are like a glossy green leaf, almost like black gum, um, mm-hmm. and it gets a, a crimson red fall color, kind of like black gum. But the the leaves are elliptical uh, to kind of like lancelot shaped, mm-hmm. and they're reminiscent of a pear tree. Like it, it kind of okay, looks yeah. like a pear pear tree mm-hmm. leaf. So it's very very similar as far as um, shape goes, and even colors. Which is the more I as I started explaining, I was like, wow, man, they have a lot of similarities. Yeah, very cool. Uh, bark, yeah. like I talked about the leaves and the flowers. The mm-hmm. bark um, on mature trees is kind of gray and fissured, uh, like deep burrows and like rigid and scaly. Yeah, so it's all puckered up because it's so sour. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. But, now you mentioned it was a, a facultative up tree, yes. which is the Two wetland upland, indicator yeah. status or status shows that it's not going to occur in wetlands very often or less often than not. Correct. Yes. Um, Tell us a little bit more about the the conditions that it grows in. So it it is a full sun to part shade, um, but when you put it in like shade, you kind of diminish the fall color 
and the the blooms. So it, it kind of lessens that. Um, it, it grows rest at best in like a rich, moist, well-drained soil, kind of like that like that Piedmont or Appalachia soil is, mm-hmm. is what it grows best. Um, and it's, but typically, you know, it's, it's gotta be, it can be moist, but well-drained. It's definitely a facultative upland. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, you can't give it wet feet. Yeah. It doesn't want that. Gotcha. Which is good to know. Yes. Especially if you're thinking you're, you're, you're intrigued by all this sour yeah. leaves that you can use in your cooking. If you have a wet yard, not a good spot for it. Yeah. But it can, you know, all things considered, it can live 70 to 80 years old. Um, it was funny. I I was really reading contradicting um, facts about how tall or how tall it can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my understanding really it's it's at forty to sixty foot tall. I saw some somewhere it was saying it was longer lived and it, it got taller. It really doesn't get you know the the oldest the oldest one or the largest one known actually. It's 118 foot tall, and they they categorize it as only two foot wide, which is mm. crazy. Yeah. So yeah. it's got to be kind of really in a dense population mm-hmm. where it doesn't have enough sunlight. I wonder, but if, that, that's I in wonder if that one has a name. It didn't say. It's in Robbinsville, it's, North Carolina, hmm. but it I, it's got to be where, named. I know it's in North Carolina, but I don't know where Robbinsville, North Carolina is. Yeah. It's a, and it's funny because I brought up General Sherman and I thought it was a redwood, but it was actually a giant sequoia. So, I looked ah. it up. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was in the name of a tree. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I totally said that was a redwood. But, but I, tr- I did try to look like – because it, it 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 can get sizable, but it doesn't get a lot of girth to it. Mm-hmm. The wood isn't really known. Although from what I can see, a lot of woodworkers say it's a beautiful wood. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of grain to it. And I wonder if that's where I've heard of this – this tree before is okay. through woodworking blank yeah. type or wood blank type like, website because it's not big enough you're not doing big projects but apparently it's a very beautiful wood mm-hmm. um to do smaller projects just because there's not a lot of green to it it's a very smooth looking um uh, uh wood so um are there any big problems with this this tree no actually you know no serious insect or disease problems to note it can get leaf spot and twig blight and it occurs infrequently, but but really that happens when it's not planted in the right spot. That's that's what's happening when you put it in more shade than full sun. Um, so it really does like that full sun nature more. And as soon as you get it out of its conditions, that's where you'll start to experience a little bit of issues. Um, as far as if you wanted to plant one on your property, uh, it does have a deep fibrous root system. It doesn't have a big canopy. I, I think the rule of thumb is that the root system is twice – twice the width of the canopy of the tree mm. so it's not a very wide canopy tree and it and it is a, a deep rooting and fibrous um it it is difficult to transplant so if you're looking for a bald and burlap tree it's going to be a little more difficult if you can find smaller uh containerized trees you'd probably have a little bit better better luck as far as planting one on your property yeah. now we always like to to tie in how this helps how these plants help wildlife how does the sourwood help wildlife? So shelter actually, because it's a very craggy tree and does have openings and 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 crags. Um, it it does offer variety uh, for numerous wildlife: small mammals, birds, lizards, snakes, tree frogs, and countless invertebrates. Um, you know, it's funny. It's it's considered moderately moderately deer resistant, although the deer do kind of like to eat the young shoots that are put out. But other than that, that's really. 
for the most part, they'll leave it alone if there's other things in the area. Um, the flowers are insect pollinated primarily by bees. It is the larval host for the lettered, lettered sp- sphinx moth, which I think is the only only species of sphinx moth that's north of Mexico, if I remember correctly. I can't I can't quite remember. I'm not great at that. Oh but, yeah, I don't know about that. But those are um, those are. The biggest facts – as far as seed, I couldn't find anything about anything eating on the seed. It's it's a five-valve uh, capsule born on panicles, and when they dry dry out, when they get mature, they – in the fall, they'll release two tiny wing seeds. I couldn't – you know, it's it's not a, a significant seed, and I couldn't really find anything about anything eating on that. But what I did find was interesting was that the blossoms can be used to make jelly. So a sourwood jelly yeah. and that sourwood honey is world-renowned. It's considered a premium honey, hmm. and it's one of the best in the country, in the U.S., possibly the world. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. So I think we need to get our hands on some of that. And uh, if you're looking at planting one on your property, it would be a good sub. You know, As a small understory tree that does flower in the summer, it would be a good sub for invasive calorie pear. It's maybe not as formal, but you can get a nice head on it. You'll get the summer blooms and a little bit of fragrance, and you'll bring some pollinators in. And I think that would be a really good change of pace. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And definitely uh, uh, better wood it than, <laughs> than yeah. calorie. But. Yeah. Now, now, I looked up and, and saw – because I know there's a lot of sphinx moths that are native in North America, but this is the only one in its particular genus. Oh, okay. So that's – All right. It's, that's yeah. what it was. Okay. All right, so you ready for your quiz? I am ready for my quiz. I am giving you five facts. One is not a fact, so you have to guess which one am I. And this is going to be tougher because I well, I've never gotten both wrong in the same episode. I think this might be the first. I don't know much or anything about the street other than what you just told me. All right, all right, here we go. The Cherokee also made sourwood into a tonic for indigestion, nervousness, asthma, and spitting blood. Okay. All right. Um, The oxalates in the leaves keep predators from eating lettered sphinx moths, with the exception of skunk. In the Old South, it is a folk remedy for kidney and bladder issues, fevers, diarrhea, and dysentery. Mm -hmm. Raw leaves can be considered a laxative, and also the ability to quench thirst. It should only be chewed and not swallowed. Okay. And the Catawba used it as an infusion for menstrual issues and menopause. Oh, gosh. Uh, I think I'm getting a little bit better. A lot of them are uh, are medically related. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to have to go – just because there's so much crossover with yeah. that – I would – I'm going to go with that the, – the one about the sphinx moth, which I, was the second one or the third one? Uh, I think it was the second one. Now, I tried to do something. I tried to you, – you were correct, but there is some truth in it. The oxalates in the leaves keep predators from eating lettered sphinx moth with the exception of black bear. So uh, black bears have been found with, tricky. with large populations of sphinx moths when there's an outbreak because sphinx mm-hmm. moths, I guess, are supposed to prefer as a, a larval host – um, like grape, grapevines, mm-hmm. grape leaves. But scientists found that if you put grape leaves and sourwood leaves in, the sphinx moss will choose the sourwood leaves. And when there's huge yeah. ingest, in uh, 
huge infestations, black bears, they find increased uh, like um, marks on the trees mm-hmm. of them climbing and getting yeah. at it and eating the sphinx moss. So the sphinx moss, yeah. eating those leaves kind of give – when someone tries to eat them, it gives them a sour taste, mm-hmm. but it doesn't bother black bears. Very interesting. That's yeah. uh, pretty cool how <laughs> things evolve over time. I thought I'd get you with that one. Yeah. Like, well, I got a little the, trick A here. lot of the, the medical or medicinal uses kind of crossed over. So I'm like, a bunch of those facts say like one thing similar. So it can't be, I can't yeah. pick this one says it, it cures diarrhea when the other one says it cures diarrhea too. <laughs> exactly. But that was, that was tricky, Fran, only changing one little thing. But uh, yes, the, the biggest question, would you plant this in your yard? I would. You know, the the problem is it's not really native here. I live in New Jersey, it's not native here, but it does survive here. Um it, it can it can live pretty I've seen uh sourwood trees around here. Uh and given the summer bloom, you know, there's not too many native summer blooming understory trees. You know, you have uh um redbud trees that are gonna flower in the spring and shad blow and dogwood. So it's nice to get that kind of like mid ranged summer blooming tree i would definitely plant one how about you yeah i'm i'm just looking at pictures of it now because like i said i'm completely unfamiliar with this and it really is just so unique and beautiful as compared to uh a lot of other things that you're gonna see and i think the biggest thing is that you were saying it blooms during the summer months and we don't uh, we have we don't have many trees that i can think of that exactly. bloom during that time plenty of shrubs yeah. but not and and other things but not trees. So, yeah, I probably – I'm interested in this plant and taking a look and then maybe planting it in my yard. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So we have a theme so far this week that the first two items or plants we don't grow. Let's see if I continue with that throughout the week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right. We'll see everyone tomorrow. Keep it native, everybody. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran and Tom, and we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.